0: Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin.
1: And I'm your host, Jen. This week we're discussing Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 8, If Memory Serves. Uh, This episode was written by Dan Dworkin and Jay Beattie. It was directed by T.J. Scott. Uh, This director also directed the Season 1 episode of The Wolf Inside.
0: Did you happen to look up if the writers have done anything else?
1: Uh, I did did look stuff up, and I think it's blank because they haven't done anything else Star Trek. Like, I think this is their first.
0: That's um, what, the names didn't sound familiar, so that's that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. All right, well, Jen, did you like this episode?
1: I did like this episode. I liked it a whole lot. Good, good, good. How did you feel about this episode, Kate?
0: I also enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I'm glad Mm -hmm. we got answers. Mm
1: -hmm. I recall that you said that Getting the flashbacks as part of the memory thing with the Telosians mm-hmm. was perhaps going to be disappointing.
0: It's not how I would have preferred it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't like it. Didn't why? Why did they need that? Why did they ask for that? Right. Like that. That's just so that we could see it. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Didn't. Uh, let's make you relive your childhood emotional trauma for our entertainment. For both, both the delusions and the audience. Yeah, talusians, talusians.
1: Yeah, I think talusians is correct. Yeah,
0: well, I think I said talusians the first time. Oh, whatever. Either way, I, like the scene was great. The
1: the mechanism of getting there was stupid. Gotcha. Okay.
0: But that's just me.
1: Shall we? Shall we just jump into the episode then? Start chatting.
0: Yes, let's just jump right in. Wait, first of all, most important question Mm -hmm. that Michael does ask in the episode, and nobody answers. Do you think the beard is working for Spock?
1: (laughs) I, well, I like the look of Spock that this actor has going on. So, yes?
0: Okay, good. I was just going to say that it's not a yes or no answer, but...
1: Yeah, and also, like, I'm... Trying to remember now if we see this actor as Spock without the beard. I hope we do. But, like, I think in this episode, the only time we see him pre-institutional um, visit, he's got, like, a face mask on because he's on the Arctic planet. Right. So in my head, it's just that, you know, he's he's in an institution and he's not shaving Right, no, I don't think yeah. he's doing the
0: beard on purpose I just, nobody answered the question
1: No, I know, it was it was a good question
0: I, I, I do think it is working for, for the actor I don't know yeah. if it's working for Spock
1: Well, it has been pointed out that, you know, Mirror Spock in the original series had the beard Right And so, you know, of course people are like Ah, oh, it's Mirror Spock, it's, you know Which is silly Um
0: what if it is, and you just called it silly? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it is either, but that would be hilarious if you...
1: If this does turn out to be Mirror Spock somehow? Yeah. Yes. Yes, that would be hilarious. Okay, yeah, so good that we got that question out of the way right away.
0: Okay. What do you want to talk about first?
1: Like in terms of which storyline? Yes. Uh, I don't care. Whatever one.
0: Jen, I asked yeah. you.
1: Okay, let's start with the Spock storyline then, <laughs> since okay. since we're kind of... The episode leads with it, and let's just dive right into that.
0: Okay, how did you feel about what... So Spock got his time and his memories and his mind all messed up by the Red Angel. Mm-hmm. By, like, mind-melting with it? Is that what happened?
1: I guess so. He mind-melded with it, and then I guess he saw things... In all different times, and that messed up his head, and his logic couldn't deal with it?
0: That's how I interpreted all that. Not just Mm. that it showed him the future, and that fucked him up. But that mind-melding with it didn't- his brain couldn't handle that.
1: Um, maybe. I mean, he says that it was human. Uh, That's the only additional piece of information we got on the Red Angel itself. That it's human, and he sensed, like, despair? Was that what he said?
0: Ooh, that I don't remember.
1: Hmm. Let me see if I wrote it specifically down. I don't see it on a quick perusal of my notes.
0: Well, whatever. He went into the angel's mind, and then Hmm. after that, he was all fuzzy and weird. But Hmm. even still, when he was in the institution... No, wait, the institution was before the angel, right? Because then he broke out of the institution, and then he tracked down the angel?
1: I believe so.
0: Right, okay. And then he got all timey wimeyed. Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. And then eventually Amanda found him and Burnham and blah, 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 blah. Yes. And then he thought the Telosians could fix his brain. Do you think that that makes sense with what no. we knew about the... Okay.
1: No. <laughs> this was my major point with the writing in this episode, is that, like, he, even in his, you know, his brain in distress, even still, he manages to have a plan to get to the Telosians. And he brings Burnham there because mm-hmm. he needed somebody whose timeline overlapped with his. And then by the Telosians having them go through these joint memories, then it was like, oh, bing, he's better. And I was like, wait, what?
0: Well, I thought it was more that the Telosians shared his memories with, with, with Burnham, but they also just straightened out his mind. Like I didn't think they were the same thing.
1: Oh, you think that was just, like, happening in the background while yeah. Burnham was, like, watching the memories?
0: Yeah. Because okay. why would that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, that really was, like, confusing to me. I was like, how is this
0: even if helping? Even if the show meant it the weird way, I'm interpreting it the other way, because that, you're, like, super doesn't make sense.
1: You're just gonna headcanon the other way? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, just, like, pretend that Spock didn't say that he needed somebody who overlapped with his timeline for this.
0: I can see where he needed somebody who knew him to work out where he needed to go and that sort of thing.
1: Okay, that would make sense because somebody like Amanda or Michael would be the people who would be most likely to figure out his code.
0: Yeah, or if even if Pike had found him, I think that might have worked. Because Mm. he he wouldn't have known the code, but maybe he would have recognized the backwards numbers or... They'd both been
1: to Talos together, so... That's a good point. Okay, I'm I'm taking that headcanon, because, the because it
0: doesn't it doesn't there's no sense.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but other than that, I mean, I liked how they handled going back there. Yeah. And I liked that they had the the very sort of sixties alien sounds, like. Like the plant sounds, the, the plant dee- sounds. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, they had the plants, and I also really liked their choice for the intro scene to show the scenes from the cage. Yeah, that was good. Um, because that really means that, like, if you're a new Discovery fan and you haven't been following all the previous Star Trek's, this is gonna get you caught up in all that. So that was really good. Um, I liked all the parts on the planet. I I liked that they updated the Talosian look. That was fine. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I liked
1: they were good. I liked the parts with Vina. Yeah, the actress was really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did.
0: I was hoping that they would correct their. Like I was hoping that they would address the real bad. I would rather be pretty. And trapped here, then not pretty and not trapped here. But they didn't.
1: No. No, they super didn't do that.
0: Like, even if they didn't fix it, they just didn't even really address it, even though they mentioned it?
1: Yeah, and the other bit of weakness was, like, that Vina showing how she really is versus... The illusion being so real, that was what convinced Michael to go ahead.
0: Yeah, it was really weird.
1: That was a bit, that really didn't, didn't land for me, but. Yeah, it
0: seemed like she was trying to convince Michael that they were good by showing that they hide her uh, injuries, but right, what what does that even, I don't know, that just seemed really weird. Mm Mm-hmm. But I, the actress was good, and I liked the look that they gave her, if that makes sense. She yes. She looked, you know, normal and modern, but also like she could have been on a 60s TV show. 70s? Yes. Whenever. I have no idea. Years. 60s. 60s. Okay, good. Yeah. I wasn't lying.
1: How did you like the the flashbacks? Like, we know you didn't quite like how they got to them, but...
0: Yeah. Um. The the flashbacks themselves were fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I th- I think it's. Hmm. I guess I did think it was gonna have more of an impact on Spock's life, but it was just like that one time when he was a kid, and then just now, once again, there was nothing, you know, in the middle.
1: Oh, for the when the red, for the red angel stuff. Yeah, you're talking about yeah.
0: Which I guess you know, the more that they did, the more that they would have a possibility of messing with canon. So I can understand that, but I don't know. It just seemed random that it would come back now. Right. But maybe that'll be answered later. Right. But I don't know. Why would Spock remember or trust or I don't know. Hmm. I guess he didn't trust it. That's why he checked himself into a mental institution.
1: And I mean, over the span of years as well, like thinking relative terms, Mm-hmm. The Red Angels got involved with the people on Earth, like, you know, hundreds of years ago, mm-hmm. and so the fact that there are even like two instances in Spock's lifetime is a, like a, a short time span. Like even though it was like once when he was a kid and once now as an adult, um, like that's like thirty years ish,
0: right? You so know? it does show that Spock and Michael are gonna be involved in whatever the angels ultimate goal thing is yeah
1: and like the angels like showing him things from like hundreds of years in the future I presumed
0: but now is the time when they can fix things
1: yeah so the angels time span is is much larger
0: um, So yeah. I'm very upset and- because as I was saying before we started recording I'm out of town this weekend and I won't get to watch this week's episode until Sunday night and I don't like that I don't like that at all. <laughs> unless unless our hotel has CBS and I can watch it. When does oh, it be our, cool In the States? Thursday?
1: Thursday in the States, yeah. Maybe? Maybe? I'll keep my fingers and toes crossed for you.
0: I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Now, what about... So we didn't learn much more than we already knew about the Red Angel stuff from the mm-hmm. flashbacks. Mm-hmm. The only other thing we got was that Spock was, you know, pretty sure that it's human. And we got some scenes of the other things that it showed Spock. And that was really it. And then mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. other flashbacks from Michael, what did you think of those? Did the reveal of what Michael did to Spock live up to expectations?
0: Yes and no. Okay. Like, what? She, like I did kind of go, oh dear, when she called him... Or was it like a a, a half little blood, half breed or something? Half breed freak, or and yeah. you know, yeah, it it was pretty bad, um, but it wasn't, but it was exactly what I was predicting. You know, mm-hmm. it was yeah. like she said something mean to her brother, that was obviously a lie. Even Spock says that when they're adults, he's like, "I knew you were lying," but it, it's, but he still couldn't, or maybe he didn't know then, but he knows now. But he's still, like, angry at her about it, it seems, and doesn't really want to rekindle their relationship. Or if he does, he's, it's, like, really buried deep down and he's not, like, acknowledging that, that that's what he wants.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I I did like it. It was, it was a bit of a, oh, shit. You know, mm-hmm. when, when she said that, it was very mean. But again, it wasn't anything more than what I was expecting.
1: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I see that see that um on the one hand i really liked those flashback scenes mm-hmm. i really thought that the the child actors did a really good job mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i really liked how it was cut back and forth between the child actors and then like the adult actors going back and forth
0: yeah and i'm i'm pretty sure they had the adult burnham say the really mean thing to the child spock and
1: mm-hmm. that just like i know and the Mm. The emotion on the child Spock's face. Like, I remember when I first saw the actor and he was, like, you know, just being, like, bratty kid Mm -hmm. without speaking. And I was like, I'm a little worried, but when he starts having lines, because, you know, with child actors, some are great, some are less than great. It depends a lot on the director they're working with, that kind of stuff. But I have been super impressed with the performance of the child actor who's doing young Spock. Yeah, yeah, he was really good. And the pain on his face when that fight was happening was just like yeah
0: really affecting and he he tried so hard to convince her to stay uh-huh yeah it, uh-huh. Was, it was it was really good the yeah. acting was good the scene was great i'm not i don't have anything against that scene it was fabulously done the mm. inserting of the adults in certain bits and the and then cutting back and forth really really good yeah nothing really bad to say about that
1: but i also understand what you mean about like it was pretty much what we expected yeah like uh if it had been like a series of events of like escalating cruelty where michael was like estranging him then you know well i
0: can understand that they wanted to have a big dramatic moment
1: yes yes for for narration purposes this plays more smoothly
0: yeah
1: um but again like i i can't see spock's logic um not overcoming like not being able to get around the idea that you know this was a heightened emotional thing she was trying to do this so that you wouldn't get hurt like especially as he gets older i wouldn't think that he would hold a grudge and he's seeming to hold a grudge
0: yeah yeah that's that's my problem with it also Mm -hmm. but maybe we'll address that in the coming episodes like i assume that they're going to come to some sort of an understanding They had better come to some sort of an (laughs) understanding, Discovery people. Caitlin will be very upset if they part ways and are just like, well, I guess we're still related by blood. (laughs) Or no, shit, they're (laughs) adopted. No, they're not. (laughs) Michael's adopted. I forgot. I more meant like that they're still family, but you know.
1: Yeah. I guess technically we're still family. But, <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyways, I still hold that Discovery crew is going into the future forever, so. Okay. I think that that fits with everything, with why, even if they do um come to an understanding, why he would never talk about her, etc. Uh,
1: the other last bit I was going to say about the Spock storyline uh is where it intersects with the Section 31 storyline. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Spock's memory confirms that he didn't murder them and the whole reason he escaped Mm -hmm. was because section 31 was coming and I guess he didn't want to deal with them
0: I did think it was a little bit still or that Spock was still being overly emotional when Mike was like so what exactly happened here and he was all you still think I might have murdered people like dude no she just wants to know what happened how did you get out why Why did they say you murdered these people? What? Like, she didn't say, did you murder them? She said, what happened? He was so sensitive. That's all I'm saying. He seems to have some emotional problems when um, dealing with his sister.
1: Uh, yes. Yes, he does. Which, I mean, is um, fair.
0: I just think, you know, for Spock, it's interesting.
1: Yeah, it, this actually reminds me of, like, I had thought that they were going to use this to sort of... Uh, bridge the emotionalness that he had in the cage mm-hmm. to the more logical driven Spock that we see in the original series and beyond. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure that they're they're intending to do that, but I did think it was curious that they showed the scene where Spock smiles with the flowers right. in the flashback, and then this Spock is not really. One that you would think would smile at some flowers?
0: Well, even at the end when he's smiling and Pike calls him on it and he's kinda like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah. Maybe those were just some real special flowers. Maybe. They you touch them and you smile. Anything else really to say about that? I think we can talk more about when they, you know, get back to the ship and everything <laughs> later.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we talk about That part next, like the Section 31 stuff, or the Stamets and Culber?
0: Let's talk about Stamets and Culber.
1: Okay, let's. So, well done, Star Trek. Mm -hmm. I think this is some of the best writing they have ever done dealing with trauma and post-traumatic stress syndromes and um, not shying away from the real emotional impacts that happen when people go through horrific, life-changing things.
0: I agree,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I mm-hmm. don't. Something about it bothered me. I, I, I've been thinking about it, like, for a while now, and I, I genuinely cannot put my finger on what. But for some reason, I sympathized more with Paul than I did with Culper. Really? Yeah. Not huh. for not for all of it. Like when he started beating up Tyler, I was all for that. It was that was a good fight scene. It was wonderfully shot. It was great yes you know and it was nice to get that that um
1: catharsis yeah there we
0: go um it was good but he was just so mean to paul and i get it i do but like paul's been through some shit too i don't know it just i he was so mean and a part of me understands and a part of me was just like oh he can't lose you twice that sucks Why, like, it just, I didn't, I don't know, I just didn't like that. It, it, I didn't like it. I didn't like him being so mean to Paul. I understood it, but I didn't like it.
1: Okay, I, I think it tracks very well. I'm not saying, I, but, which, which mm. I, I understand, okay, you, you don't like the, the reality aspect of it, Mm -hmm. but I thought it was, it was great, and the scenes were shot really well, and... A lot of the camera angles really helped to just heighten everything that was going on. And I know from, I think I was reading an about an interview that Wilson Cruz had done. Mm-hmm. He's He actually did a lot of reading about post-traumatic stress and things like that uh, to prepare for the role. And um, his performance here, just, I loved every bit of it.
0: Oh yeah, his performance was great. Everything was great. It's, it's not that I think it was badly done or anything, it's just that...
1: Oh, you kid. want your space moves to be together. Yeah, he was well, so mean. <laughs> poor Paul. Um, Yes, yeah, poor Paul. He I'm was hoping... trying so hard. That's not his strong point. He's usually, you know, the grumpy one. He was, he was trying so hard, but it also, like, wasn't... Like, I don't think there's anything he could have done that would have connected for Culber
0: no I know I know and I think
1: Culber just has to process and maybe they will fall in love all over again I hope so yeah um, apparently in you know the underbellies of fandom some people were suggesting that this means that Culber is not actually gay
0: that he came back from the dead straight yeah I saw that too <laughs> Yeah. people are fucked up
1: i know and wilson cruz apparently like you know uh schooled them pretty pretty hard on it um but and thankfully thankfully i didn't actually see any of that on my own timeline it was just like i heard about it from other parts of the internet yeah so i was kind of happy about that um that it was like none of the people we directly interact with that were theorizing these things indeed yes
0: but what yes. a what a what a weird... Like, I can't imagine a brain working that way. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, that's what you want his trauma to be? <laughs> what? Whatever. Anyways, let's move on from fucked up human beings. Being the internet trolls, not Culper. Who yes. has okay. every right to be a little fucked up.
1: Yes, yes. Even if it
0: upsets Caitlyn.
1: Yes. I mean, on the... Like, me trying to find a silver lining mm-hmm. is saying that, you know... We're going to get to see, like, this nice, stable, you know, gay couple, and then maybe we're going to get to see, like, the the courtship of them again, and they'll get back together.
0: Maybe. I guess one of the things that it bothers me, one of the reasons I'm bothered by it is I just don't think we have time for them to get as much, if they're wrapping it up this season. If if Culver just takes off this season and they deal with it next season, that's cool. Mm. Um, But if they plan to wrap it up this season, I just don't think we have time to give them the proper screen time that they need.
1: Mm. You
0: know, because I think Culver has to go off and do his own thing for a bit. And then if he comes back, great. But you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Like I yeah, I see what you're saying. They don't have enough story time this season.
0: To give it the attention it deserves. To really have them come back together. If they decide to wait until next season, or if, like, I don't know, maybe Culber joins the Section 31 show.
1: Oh, that would be so sad. Maybe just for a little
0: bit. I don't know.
1: He joins with his murderer to...
0: (laughs) Well, I I don't think... I think Tyler's going to stay on Discovery. I don't think he's going to be on the Section 31 show. Because he hasn't been on the ship, really, at all. Okay. Although, again, I actually think that those two could be friends
1: who (laughs) sorry
0: Tyler and Culver
1: Tyler and Culver really yeah
0: they've got a lot in common
1: well true and the fight scene did like point that out yeah
0: and I'm not saying like trauma does do some messed up things to people so I could see where maybe they have shit to talk about god Paul would be so angry
1: yes he would
0: (laughs) that strangely makes me
1: happy I'm just thinking of all the possible like indignant and angry Paul scenes at watching Culver and Tyler together. I think it could work. And yeah, to that. like help him, get,
0: you know, help him with his his uh, PTSD.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if they go that route or if they maybe go like Saru and Culver doing some exploration of the new, their new selves together.
0: Mm, I don't think so, just because they don't have any Like, I don't think we've ever seen them talk, other than that one time in the hospital wing, when Sarir was like, yes, we are new versions of ourselves. We should go forth and conquer. And I just don't think Culver had much of a connection with that.
1: Well, especially since it was like, perhaps this is who you were meant to become. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Um, Okay, so enough speculation on the uh, Culver and Tyler potential friendship. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it would be. Anyways, was there anything else to say about like the and Culver relationship? I don't think so. I want them to have a happy ending though. Yeah. I, I hope they yeah. do. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll both find new new loves. No,
0: to get fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you even say that?
1: <laughs> Anyways, moving
0: on. Okay. Um, running tally, still no Reno, but we had two good conversations between Pike and Saru. Yes, we did. And they they felt good. I liked them both. They were good conversations that felt like it would happen between a captain and his first officer. hmm That's really all I have to say about that, actually. I'm glad we got them. Yes. Still no Reno, though.
1: No Reno. Yeah, this episode was good for Saru. In that it really highlighted that he is a different person than old Saru. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Because old Saru would have been, like, trying to rein in the fight. Yeah. And I really liked that, you know, this version of Saru was like, this is cathartic, this is a fight that needs to happen. And I liked that on the meta level as well, that it was like, the fans would really want to see this fight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs)
1: Like, we need to see this. And uh, and so let's just give them what they want. It was a really good scene. It
0: was so good. It, oh, This whole episode was very beautifully shot.
1: Yes, yes it was. And
0: it had a lot of the, the twisty camera angles, but they didn't like punch you in the face like that one episode. I forget what episode that was. Um, so I appreciated that. It wasn't like three different scenes that started upside down and then swung around to being right side up. Right, right. It was just interesting and different, and they tried different things, and it worked out for them.
1: I felt like it was a little full of those kinds of shots, though. Um, just that every, like, it seemed like there was a lot of them in this episode.
0: Maybe there was, but again, I just didn't, like, I noticed them for being good, but I didn't feel like it was punching me in the face, like, um, right. I genuinely don't remember what episode that was. I think it was the first one was Section 31, but I could be wrong.
1: My criticism of this episode mm-hmm. was that it did have a lot of lens flare.
0: I don't mind lens flare, so I, I agree it did have a lot, but I like it, so it didn't bother me. Okay.
1: I found it was a little excessive for my taste. I can I can understand but...
0: that if you don't mm-hmm. enjoy the flare, but mm-hmm. um, I do.
1: I guess it is a matter of personal taste. Yeah. And then I guess the last storyline to talk about is kind of... The Section Thirty One stuff going on in the background, and
0: yeah, uh, Michelle Yale continues to be amazing.
1: Yes, yes. Are she you... has a meeting with all the Admiralty and totally convinces them that, you know, she is perhaps the better leader than Leland.
0: How are you feeling about your boy? Are you okay that he's being schooled so hard?
1: Uh, I think he, I think he's uh, gonna be fine. I think he. T- can take care of himself, all right, all right,
0: so I honestly hope that Georgege like whoops his ass, but in like a official way <laughs> not 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 in a fighting not way. A
1: assassinating her
0: <laughs> in a in a calculated character assassination that gets him fired
1: and or executed. I don't think that even in section thirty one they do official executions.
0: I don't know, they all seem pretty shady to me.
1: Well, they do, and I could see where there would be like an accident where he dies under mysterious circumstances. That's an execution. I don't execution, think there Jen. would be like an official like actually decided That's to an
0: assassination. <laughs> Which is arguably worse.
1: Yeah, but I don't think it would like come down from hierarchy. Like I don't think that she would be ordered to take him out. Oh no, I, think I don't she think might I don't wanna... take it upon herself to take him out.
0: I don't want her to kill him. I want section 31 to see that he is no longer around, but I want her to have arranged them to think that they need to do that. Anyways. (laughs) okay.
1: (laughs) I don't think I have a preference for how Leland dies. Um, but I do fully accept that he is in, like, a shady spy organization with people who, like, go outside and around the rules to get stuff done, and so that his death may be inevitable in the storyline.
0: I do first want to that's find fine. out what his connection to Michael's parents were, obviously. So that's that's important first.
1: He will probably die before it's revealed.
0: You know what? <laughs> <laughs> You've been mean to me this whole episode, Jen. <laughs>
1: I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that because mm-hmm. I think it would make narrative sense, especially with the previous choices. Like, oh, let's have them try and find Spock for answers. Oh, Spock's on the run. Oh, let's have them finally catch up to Spock. Oh, Spock is not able to carry on a conversation this whole episode. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. Okay. Well,
1: it does seem very I mean, on brand they can for them to reveal do that. <laughs>
0: what he's done, and then without them having to catch him. Okay. You know. Right. You know. Okay. So, uh, what else was happening with Section 31? Oh, yes. The whole thing with presumably Arium sending them messages. Yes. I hate and that. Arium. Because why would she be sending them messages, even if she has been taken over by a probe from the future?
1: Okay, I don't think that she was sending Section 31 messages. Okay. I think she was sending out data for the, you know sentient robots from the future that are coming to kill them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that she just framed it so that it it looked like Tyler was sending them messages.
0: Sure, but Section 31 was getting information on the ship. Uh like was n- like new things about where discovery was going to be. Mhm. So somebody was sending them messages. They might not
1: have been getting messages, they might just have like been able to track them from other information. Like discovery wasn't You know, it's not a stealth ship. It doesn't have cloaking technology. Even when they say we're going here and then they, you know, turn very quietly on a new course, there's still ways to track a ship, I guess. So
0: either way, I I, I guess that would make more sense. Like I, it seemed to be implying that she was communicating directly with section 31, which even if she has been possessed or whatever, uh, I guess infected, I don't know, whatever, um, it it that just wouldn't make sense to me because how would something from the future know to you know time traveling well, cephalopod if they're
1: trying to <laughs> if they're trying to stop spock and burnham from stopping their plan i guess then getting section 31 to take them out of the equation is rather efficient i guess
0: i guess yeah i guess they have future knowledge so what do we know right
1: But yeah, I liked that part in general. I liked the meeting at the beginning of the episode Mm -hmm. with uh, the admirals, Mm -hmm. who are, I guess, in charge of Section 31. I liked that it had, like, the representation of some of the founding races of the Federation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we had the Andorian, the Vulcan, and the uh, Tellarite. Right, right. the other one. And yeah, I enjoyed that. And yeah, I thought that was really good.
0: Yeah, so did I. I I really loved the last scene with uh Illusion Michael and, and Spock on the ship. That was really good.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I kinda knew as soon as they dropped. Oh the yeah, no, lock, I knew also. But it was like, uh yeah. I can't believe they were fooled that easily.
0: Well, if if section thirty one didn't know that who were like it or well, maybe section thirty one does somewhere, but if um Leland himself didn't know what the to loot to lo to whatever those aliens, Mm -hmm. um, what they can do. Why would he even suspect that that wasn't really them?
1: Georgiou knows, right?
0: But she wants him to fuck up. She doesn't want to catch Michael and Spock, so she wouldn't say anything. She helped Michael and Spock escape.
1: But does she want to? section 31 not to catch michael and spock entirely or does she want leland to not okay
0: so i don't think she cares what section 31 wants as long as she gets promoted Mm, okay right like like if the universe like this whole universe ending thing i don't think she really well she might not know that the universe is going to end but Mm -hmm. I, i currently i don't think she has a stake in that right you know and also i think she likes michael you know i don't think she wants michael locked up
1: that's true i just i don't know why she likes michael well
0: Uh, well that aside she doesn't i don't think she has a stake in this current uh mission other than mm -hmm. wanting to use it to get ahead so whether or not they capture spock that doesn't matter to her as long as she looks good and leland looks bad
1: gotcha okay Uh, i guess that makes sense
0: and I mean, other uh, other Michael was like a daughter to her. So I can see where maybe she thinks she can still be like, or still have this Michael as a protege. Right. And because even anytime they have a conversation, you can see that Michael kind of understands her thinking.
1: Yeah. And I guess too, like you might want to keep like, or treat carefully the people who know about your actual origin. That too. Except um,
0: for Leland, who does know.
1: Yes, but she's still handling him carefully. Yeah, it's great. Right? Like, sh- she, the-, the type of person Leland is, she knows blackmailing can, you know, work, and, like, the political machinations and things like that. With Michael, she doesn't really have any leverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, she maybe did briefly when she was going to get Spock and Michael wasn't going to get Spock. That would have given her leverage over Michael, but then that didn't work out. So she's having to, like, you know, treat that relationship carefully.
0: Yeah. But I anyway, so that I really loved all that. Mm -hmm. And Giorgio also just continues to look amazing. Mm -hmm. It was great. I love her outfit. Mm hmm. I don't think I have a single bad thing to say about Giorgio or Michelle Yale.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they both look really great. I think that's most of what I wanted to say about the meat of the episode. You have
0: a new Red Angel theory! Exclamation point.
1: Yes. Are you ready for it? I am
0: ready for it, Jen.
1: Okay. So, the latest Red Angel theory I have read about online uh, is that it is future Georgiou.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't like that.
1: Yeah, I didn't like the theory either. I just thought I had to share it.
0: Not, I mean, if she weren't getting her own show, I could maybe get behind that.
1: Right, but because
0: she is, I that seems like it just wouldn't pan out.
1: I also think that it's like my two favorite theories so far are the ones where it's not an actual crew member or person we have met; like mm-hmm. it's a a human from the future. Um, And then the other favorite theory is that it is the AI from Discovery.
0: I really, really liked the AI from Discovery theory too, but they'd have to do like Mm -hmm. extra extra steps or whatever now to explain why Spock thinks it's human.
1: Right, but it could be like Arium.
0: Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm just saying, yeah, Yeah. they'd have to have extra stuff now.
1: Yeah. Also, speaking of Arium... Mm -hmm. I don't know that we've talked about this, and I personally hadn't even really noticed, but the actress changed from the beginning.
0: From, like, last season? Because I don't remember her at all last season.
1: Okay, she was mostly just in the background. Yeah, that's... But in this episode, when the spore drive fails, and Tilly is in the engineering room, and there's the blonde crew member there... yep. That actress was the original Arium. Oh. And she had uh, uh, a reaction to the makeup.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So they couldn't, like, and they only found out, obviously, after she'd been cast. And then, you know, they shoot some stuff, and then they're like, no, no, we can't. (laughs) Right, gotcha. And so then they had to, like, recast the role, and they were like, we will find something else, for like, some other way for you to keep being in the show as a guest star I guess
0: oh well that was nice of them
1: yeah yeah
0: I I, I did not notice
1: yeah I hadn't noticed either I mean there is quite a lot of prosthesis on the actor Mm -hmm. and heavy makeup so
0: that sucks because that like as a you know a smaller actor that kind of takes away a whole line of acting that she could apply for Yeah. audition is the word I was looking for
1: audition for yes
0: so that's unfortunate for that actress Mm -hmm. but i'm glad they found a way to include her
1: yeah yeah
0: i did like how once they finally got back to the ship spock and michael seemed to have come to an understanding
1: yes i mean i think i think they're both very capable of setting aside their personal feelings to you know do the mission
0: yeah so what do you think? Next episode, will the beard still be there?
1: I think so. Mm, I kind
0: of uh, want him to shave it and be like, I am Spock, you know, next time.
1: I think maybe at the end, we might see that.
0: Okay, that would make sense too. I can see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, We have to address some of our listener questions, Kate.
0: Oh, sure. I suppose. Yeah. Um-
1: because Matthew at Matthew Vos on Twitter first of all he has a he had a really good thread. I retweeted it from our Twitter account as well just about pointing out some of those camera angles and shots from this episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And then he asked us um, if we think this episode would be a more perfect episode for before a midseason break. Or after a mid-season break? Uh, After. Yes, I thought so too. What is your reasoning on it?
0: Just it felt very conclusive at the end, and that's not how you want to leave a cliffhanger.
1: Okay. Okay. See, my reasoning is completely different. Okay. My reasoning stems entirely from how this show opens.
0: Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Yep.
1: With with all the 60s flashbacks Mm -hmm. coming back after a break, that is, you know... You know, I was utterly delighted after a one-week break. Yeah. After, like, a longer break, I think I, I would have enjoyed it just as much, if not more. Yeah,
0: I can, the whole episode felt like an opener.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially because, like we said with the last episode, it was kind of like build-up mm-hmm. with no real answers. Yeah. So, I think that then this episode comes in and we get a few answers, at, but it feels like we're...
0: Although, on the flip side, I could see where... Like, this wraps up the Let's Find Spock storyline. So if they were going to split it, that would be a good place to wrap that up. And then we come back with a, well, let's save the universe storyline. But I, I still think it f- it felt more like an opener at the episode, but I can see where storyline-wise you could do it the other way.
1: Right, right. But yeah, as soon as he asked, I was like, I was like yep, that would be the opener for me.
0: I'm almost kind of convincing myself the other way around. <laughs> as i think about it I, just because it
1: i wonder if that's why matthew was flip-flopping it on as as well yeah.
0: because if you compare it with the season one uh mid-season closer whatever um they did sort of wrap up the war storyline there and then they left it on a cliffhanger which this one doesn't do but there was very obviously a completely different storyline in the second half So before the cliffhanger in season one, it was like a wrapped up situation, if memory serves, which is the name of this episode. (laughs) Yes, yes it is. So anyways, I don't know. I guess I just didn't answer Matthew's question. So (laughs) there we go. Let's move on. Well, no, you
1: you said that you are also flip-flopping back and forth on it, basically. Did we want to speculate on where the next few shows are going to go?
0: Well, like I said, our new storyline is looking like figuring out what the Red Angel wants them to do to save the universe, and also avoiding the Starfleet, not the Federation, Starfleet.
1: Right. Whatever. And the the next episodes are titled Project Daedalus, Mm -hmm. The Red Angel, Mm -hmm. and Perpetual Infinity. Right. And then after that, there's three more episodes to the season.
0: So it sounds like we're going to be getting some good plot coming up. Yes. yes. I mean, I've been disappointed before, so.
1: Yeah, I feel like the Culber and Stamets is going to be, you know, put on a shelf for a bit. Yeah. Maybe have a little bit of, you know, B-storyline movement, maybe. But this is really going to get to the meat of this this growing crisis over the end of the universe.
0: Which I am looking forward to. I love a good universe ending storyline.
1: Yeah. uh, And I like that this is uh, perhaps taking on some issues with AI and things like that Mm -hmm. uh, because future Star Trek doesn't really, um, there isn't a lot of AI incorporated into the shows that take place in the future from discovery. And so this is, Potentially explaining that.
0: Isn't, like, a main character in Next Gen AI?
1: You're talking about Data in Android? Yes. Yes, and some of Data's early storylines deal with him being unable to find acceptance because of a uh, fundamental mistrust oh, Okay. by humans. All right, cool. And things like that, so, yeah.
0: But, like, also wasn't... I mean, I guess this is after Next Gen, but the Doctor on on Voyager is ship AI. Good. Yeah. It's a hologram. So there is AI around.
1: There is, there is, but like it's treated in those episodes like there's a mistrust from humanity towards it. And, you know, here in Discovery we have Arium. And like I think that this might be leading to an incident in which they don't want to integrate bionics and AI as much as they have been. Right. Because, I mean, Giorgio even has the thing where, like, you know, the computer's threat analysis right thing is going to determine whether or not they can have that information. And she's like, in my universe, we tell them what to do, not the other way around.
0: I am intrigued about what is going to happen next. And like I said before, sad that I will probably have to wait until Sunday to watch the next episode. But that's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. I might see Michael over the weekend. So,
1: Yeah, that's a that's a bit of a consolation, right? Getting yeah. to see Sonequa Martin-Green live.
0: Yeah. It's... I haven't gone through the whole schedule yet, so I don't know what panels she's on or what's happening. So I don't right. know, but I might see her.
1: Yeah, so Kate's going to Emerald City Comic Con.
0: Yes, that's why I'm out of town.
1: Yes. So poor Kate might miss a TV show.
0: <laughs> but I will be having a good time.
1: Yes, yes. So do you have any
0: recommendations this week, Jen?
1: I do have a recommendation this week.
0: Okay, give it to me.
1: I am going to recommend Minecraft. Interesting. At the beginning of the school year, the Minecraft craze sort of was swept into my household thanks to an older cousin in the family. Mm -hmm. And so my kids have been all about Minecraft. And so... We are now all about Minecraft because my husband and I have been playing as well mm-hmm. alongside them and is a little bit on our own. And then, um, even their grandparents are now, well, the grandparents aren't playing Minecraft, the grandparents are letting them play Minecraft at their house and like you know, watching and you know, discussing the creations and getting involved in it Hmm. cool so yeah that would be my recommendation there's it's it's basically like there's different ways to play it there's like one way that's like an open sandbox type of play called creative mode and then there's survival mode and there's even like adventures that you can download and like play throughs that would be more like rpgs and things like that Mm -hmm. and then One of my sons is really getting engaged right now with um, trying to create things in the world for other people to, like, go through.
0: Okay, cool. So
1: one of the popular things in the Minecraft YouTube thing is, like, basically setting up what they call a parkour course Mm -hmm. for people to run through. So, like, it's a challenge that you have to, like, run and, like, jump and go around obstacles and get up things and down things and... That kind of a thing. So one of my sons is always trying to, like, build a parkour course that um, that he wants to make me or his brother or his dad, like, run through. Right. And, and just... Now, he's seven, so he's not super successful with always creating things that can actually be done. Right. So he's had to, like, come up against some of that frustration of, like, yeah, that's just not physically possible for us to do that. So you're going to have to, like, go back to the drawing board and redesign it. Because while you can imagine us doing it, that's different from us actually doing it. So it's been helping him, like, do that, like, you know, planning and going back and redesigning and um, just figuring out different ways to put challenges together and things like that. So it's been really good for him in that way. Mm, That's good. So, yeah. And then they just started discovering playing hide-and-seek inside Minecraft as well. Interesting. (sighs) Which is good for, um, well, for for gaming skills. Because, like, one closes their eyes and counts, and then the other takes their character somewhere in the game. Mm -hmm. And then the other person opens their eyes and kind of has to use the clues that they can see on the other person's screen To figure out where they might be Mm -hmm. and go and find them, which if you've ever played like a competitive like uh, shooter game or something like that, Mm -hmm. being able to track where someone else is moving by keeping their screen in the corner of your eye um, means you can like ambush them or avoid them or things more successfully. So,
0: interesting. They're developing
1: these skills.
0: If you're planning to raise them as gamer kids, yes.
1: Well, we're gamer family. Yes, I know. If they ever want to successfully compete against my husband in like uh, any of the shooter games like GoldenEye, then they need to hone the skill. So, do you have any recommendations?
0: Um, nothing terribly original. Just uh, I saw Captain Marvel this weekend, and it was <sighs> fabulous. And yeah. you should all see it. That's all.
1: Yes, I'm. I'm a little jealous of all the people seeing Captain Marvel.
0: It was really good, but... and there's a really good cat character. It does mm-hmm. some really good things.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've heard some really, really good things about it. I'm quite excited about it.
0: It had some great '90s jokes and some great '90s music.
1: Uh, yeah, the soundtrack particularly has me excited.
0: Yeah, it was it was real good, and I we just we had a great time.
1: Cool. I am not yet caught up on my Marvel movies, so we have to watch Black Panther next.
0: Well, so you're, so you're not too far behind.
1: No, no, we've been making a concerted effort to catch up, and I might actually see if we could watch that with the kids. Black Panther? Um, yeah. Okay.
0: I don't. I don't know your kids well enough to comment on whether I think they'd be okay with that. But from what you said about their reactions to How to Train Your Dragon, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think from what I know about the storyline, it might be a bit much, but for yeah anyways we'll see we'll see what we can do
0: all right i think that that's it
1: i think so we're starting to give some thought to what to do between seasons two and three on the podcast so if any of our listeners have feedback or suggestions on what sort of content they would like between seasons or no content between seasons uh please send us some of that either by email or by twitter
0: you literally just ask them to tell us if they if they want us to shut up between seasons (laughs) just just fyi there
1: yep yep i mean we don't have to listen to them it's our show true if they tell us to shut up and we want to keep talking we just keep talking yes that's fair um and The other thing that occurred to me is that there are more Star Trek shows coming out. And what kind of content do people want to see about the new Star Trek shows? So uh, you can find us on Twitter at Command of Her Own. You can email us at commandofherown at gmail.com. And I have been getting kind of regular about posting some screenshots over on Instagram.com slash a command of her own. And I'm doing this backwards, but thank you for listening. And please join us next week when we discuss Discovery Season 2, Episode 9, Project Dataless. Say goodbye, Kate.
0: Goodbye, Kate. <laughs>